The only reason we find theme park worldwide is because there is no one else who does what they do on a similar level. been the front of many accusations as you well know and lots of people on Twitter kicked off about this. Okay, but I, I think some of the backlash was with a bit of people trying to jump on the bandwagon of hating Taylor GC for a little bit, yeah. Welcome to I'm Talking With Taylor GC. Hello everyone, how's it going and welcome to the first I'm Talking With podcast and today I'm talking with Mr. Taylor GC. Hello, how are you all doing? I'm bu- buzzing to be on this podcast, it's been the longest time since I've done one. So um, today we'll just be talking about Taylor's history on YouTube, all the TPW drama and basically everything going back to when he started his YouTube channel and thoughts for the future. Let's get straight into it. The first question is going to be, how did you get into YouTube? Well, I mean, that's a question that's um, that's it's very good because it's gone back for years. Now, I started off probably when I was like 12, and I think most people have done this at some point when they just, they don't have any cohesion to their channel. They just watch YouTube and they want to upload stuff. So for the most part, I would just record myself talking about YouTubers that I like and recording my Fortnite gameplays and uploading them because I just wanted to upload something and interact with YouTube and to be fair when you're 12 13 and you do that you're in secondary school and you get shit for it so for a couple of years there after that I I just gave up doing it because like it just got a bit too much um, IRL um, backlash from it I guess Mm. so then um, I mean I started a channel for about a year ago now Back when I actually enjoyed theme parks, which is a bit ironic considering all I do now is slate people who do who, who do yeah. like them. And that channel was called Thinking Theme Parks, and I did that for a while. But um, you know, after a while, my my love for theme parks dwindled out, and I turned my head to commentary, which you know I I decided to start doing because a lot of people I knew watched them, and I had a couple of friends who did commentary channels, and. In general, I like slagging stuff off, so I thought a commentary channel would be the best way to go. And in terms of people enjoying my content, and that has been the number one thing that people have enjoyed so far. And obviously, I've decided to end Taylor GC as a channel now, after probably a good six, seven months of doing that. But um, yeah, I will be carrying on with YouTube at some point, but that's a sort of brief history of what I've done. Yeah, my next question was going to be one that we got on Twitter from um, at FM Creators Champ, which was why a commentary channel. Can you just go a bit deeper into why you thought? Obviously, you said that you're slagging people off. It's what you like doing. So why did you think broadcasting that on YouTube would be what you wanted to do? I presume as a profession. Well, I think it kind of stemmed from when I used to watch probably one of my favourite creators on YouTube. He's quite small commentary creator called Lanes Online. And watching him, I just used to love how he would take these big subjects and just make jokes of them. I, I watched other people as well, like Opt- Optimus, and you just you just give your opinion and talk about a good mm. topic. And the thing that really appealed to me about it was because, one, I like speaking my mind a lot, and two, it's just sometimes you get really good views. On commentary videos so that was a big draw to start doing them and you know after a while I um, I got certain videos that did quite well and when you get videos that do really well you think okay this is working 
and you start to really enjoy that that genre of video. Yeah, um, you said before you mentioned about backlash in real life. I know you personally have got a lot of backlash from in, in particularly the theme park community. How did you deal with all the backlash from everyone? There was YouTube videos made about you, tweets, everything coming your way back then. Well, I think there's been certain points where it's really, really boiled up with people really not liking me. But I think the reason how I deal with things like that is that I thrive off not being liked. I don't aim to be liked by anyone. I'm not the most fun, loving personalities. I'm a bit of a prick. And I enjoy being a bit of a prick because that's just how I am. Mm. And to see that I could annoy people so much, it made me so relevant. And I really enjoyed that at the time. So that it really did make it quite easy to deal with that kind of stuff because I enjoyed it. It was like, even though it was bad publicity, all yeah. publicity is good publicity. And it, it just sort of fueled me to be even more popular at the time. And I mean, to be honest, I, I did enjoy the hate as much as I enjoy the, the praise. Mm. Who, who do you think was the biggest group of people i guess i could say or the biggest targets that would say something to you as a result of videos or tweets or something it goes without saying that the theme park worldwide mm. fan community was probably my most um my most hated uh, <laughs> i was most hated amongst those kinds of groups especially when i invaded their facebook groups because all yeah. like all i did was make a mockery of them and even though they tried to defend Theme Park Worldwide uh, from me, they 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 couldn't do it, and it really did frustrate them. And that's probably why the Theme Park Worldwide fans hate me the most. Uh, going speaking about Theme Park Worldwide, how did you initially get involved? Because I know personally for me, it was your video that I've forgot now how many views it's like it had before it was taken down. Since been deleted, yeah. yeah. So I don't even know myself. But that, how did you personally get involved Get involved with that sort well, of thing? I've been with Theme Park Worldwide for a number of years. Uh, I was watching them initially when I started liking theme parks, and it wasn't through me searching for a big-chinned man with glasses walking around parks. It was me looking for videos of theme parks. And mm. I think a lot of people will agree with me. The only reason we find Theme Park Worldwide is because there is no one else who does what they do on a similar level. And that's why it's so easy to come across them on YouTube whenever you look at anything to do with theme parks. Now, I'd, I'd watched their videos for a number of years, and I'm not sure if you'll remember that Moss Machine, a number of people watching this will. Yeah. I followed the Moss Machine throughout his sort of whole crusade against theme park worldwide, and I was well aware of everything that had gone on in the past. Once the Moss Machine had gone, nobody was challenging theme park worldwide pretty much whatsoever on anything they were doing. And I'd already sort of started commentary around the time that I made those videos and I thought you know what Moss Machine isn't here anymore there's nobody on YouTube who's going to challenge them on this so I, I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say something and I just made one video it was intended to be one video and it, it spiraled from mm. there it did kick off massively and as a result theme park worldwide are well aware of me now um, and I'm pretty sure I'm blocked on everything which I do kind of like because it means it means they know that people aren't gonna aren't gonna listen to their shit. But to go back to your the original question, I was I was a fan for years. Uh, if you go back to I can't remember which video, 
but there is a theme park worldwide weekly that I feature in with a ride photo. So yeah, I was uh, a fan of yeah. them for years, but when I saw that stuff, it did change my opinion of them massively. Do you think? Because obviously, this year and going back a few months, everything respirals and they got a lot of hate, um, which was deserved. Do you think your video was the starting point in that all resurfacing? I think it was one of Theme Park Worldwide's videos that was the turning point. They uploaded a video, um, I think it was an Alton Towers music video, and it oh, featured uh, yeah. Harry Corden, who has been the front of many accusations, as you all well know, and lots of people on Twitter kicked off about this. And that's where I mainly saw it, and I think Twitter was the main turning point for it, because everyone got involved, everyone said something, I was just the face of it on YouTube. So I, mm. I wouldn't say that I mainly kicked it off, but I would say that I was a catalyst in bringing attention to it. Um, obviously, with going to Harry Corden, I personally cannot believe that Alton Towers have him working for them again. What's your point on that? Yes. It's, um, I, this the other day, uh, I don't know if you know about Chris Williams, my good friend on YouTube. He mm. made a video talking about how he saw him there. And in my opinion, I think it's girls that were affected are theme park enthusiasts and knew of the through park or the channel they're going to be visiting old now front gate of the place that you most enjoy that shouldn't happen and mm. in my opinion i think it's just truly disgusting and it's very experienced those awful things i think we were losing you a bit towards the end there but I totally get what you're saying, as in, for everyone that was affected by Harry, and particularly, I cannot believe the Instagram post that was put out by Alex Crump, saying... Yes, that oh. is... Oof, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, to have these accusations at you from such a large number of people, as you say, particularly on Twitter, for him to then see them and challenge with law action to threaten the people, the victims, that was a massive low point for him. And I think for Theme Park Worldwide also, as they continue to defend him after he tweeted that, um, posted that on Instagram, it was a massive drama, and particularly now on Twitter, why do you think you got so much backlash from the people who were initially standing with you and still do stand against theme park worldwide why do you think you've got backlash from them since um well i think that when that happened and i was getting that back i i was definitely confused at the time of it as as you well know i i argue quite a lot with people because i was confused when i started making those videos people were all for it people were you know commending me for it and then a couple of weeks go by and all of a sudden i'm getting accused of being a clout chaser through all of it now recently i did a video where i explained why um some of the reasons why i had to get involved in that and that was because some of my own personal experiences with things like sexual abuse made me want to challenge these people and the people rightfully said that you know I should have asked for permission stories and things like that, which I totally get. Mm. And I think that was sort of where the main 
was that I didn't have people's permission to use their accounts. But the way I saw it at the time was that if somebody publicly accuses someone else, you, I, I've kind of got the right to publicly talk about it because it's already yeah. in the public domain. But at the end of the day, it's, it's other people's choice what they want to think about it and what they want to think of me. If I don't necessarily agree with people, that's that's okay. But I, I think some of the backlash was, was a bit of people trying to jump on the bandwagon of hating Taylor GC for a little bit, yeah. I totally agree with what you were saying, as in it was already in the public eye. And looking back, I do get that um, some of the accounts that you shared maybe shouldn't have been. But if they were already out for the public to see, you can tell that you'd have Sean and Charlotte there just scrolling through a mentioned on Twitter, looking at that. Yet they said nothing. It was weeks, I believe, went by until they released um, that statement saying that um, people like Carrie Corden, Alex Crump, Chris Franklin weren't going to be in the channel. But I think personally from Theme Park Worldwide, their handling of, of the matter and their handling of it made people just want to throw blame at anyone. And because of your videos, I think you were... You faced a lot of backlash from that as a result of Theme Park Worldwide not speaking out. What do you think they should have done? If you were Sean in that situation, what would you have said in the public eye? It's a very easy, easy question to answer. That the, the, it's simple as just saying that you're sorry to anyone who is affected by it, and that you will remove from the channel instantly, and will take any people case to to help those people not a hard thing to do however that would be harmful to sean's brand and channel and that is why he didn't do anything and that is why i believe that sean in terms of charlotte i don't know how charlotte can sit there and watch this all go by as a woman because we are the forefront of a lot of things like harassment and abuse Yet she's seen this stuff go on. Offended Jack Gator in the past, which there is screenshots and evidence of. She is she's just watched all these people get brushed to the side and ignored for the most part. Because her boyfriend's channel would from that. And that is that's just selfishness at its finest. And I I feel like some people need to kind of wake up and, and smell the coffee when it comes to comes to how Theme Park Worldwide act, because they're kind of put on a pedestal as these great people uh, are a great role model. Mm. Well, you said there about Sean and Charlotte. With the Theme Park Worldwide new logo, I'll put it up on the screen now for those of you watching on YouTube, that is a massive step in a direction that I don't think they should take. Because me looking at that seems as if they're trying to just brush it under the carpet, which we've seen Sean do before. We've seen them just pretend that it's not happened. And their new logo is just further implementing that and saying that they don't care about what happened. They just want to start afresh, which is understandable, but they should at least give the victims some some acknowledgement because they have not in any way acknowledged the victims. They've, after, um, I went into it a bit earlier, after Alex Crump's Instagram post, they said 
um, that because somebody on Twitter asked him um, like what happened with Alex. And they said that um, a police investigation was held and that he's like, not guilty. I think from them to get involved with that and to still not acknowledge the victims is a really bad move from them. It just further goes to show that their interests do not lie even to the rest of the victims. It's all just selfishness and thinking about themselves. And that's something that I've spoken about a lot before because it's it's so easy to see if you're not up Sean's up. And you see a lot of these people, and I'm going to name drop, people like Coaster Crazy, mm. people like the, the Theme Park Worldwide fans group. They're so far up the arse of Theme Park Worldwide that they will not hear a bad word said against them. And that is just... It's so ignorant and so unarticulate agree with things, but still appreciate the good qualities of things. And I feel like the issue with Theme Park Worldwide fans and those people that are close to Theme Park Worldwide is that they will never recognise any wrongdoing as long as there's no proven uh, guilty conviction. Even though Alex Crump was never proven not guilty, it was just a closed police case due mm. to a lack of evidence. So un unfortunately, we probably would never be able to have damning proof against these people. As long as you're not an ignorant, unarticulate wanker like half of the Theme Park Worldwide fans, you'll clearly be able to see the true size to these people that they let slip, especially with moving on to that new logo. Firstly, can I just say that new logo is so awful? I don't know what you yeah. think about it, mate, but it's, it's, it's dreadful, awful. And trying to just rush it under the carpet and move on is is disgraceful. And I, I think I saw a quote from, from Sambrook in his YouTube comment sections saying we changed the channel logo to reflect the new movement of the channel where it's just going to be him and Charlotte which further, you know, implies that they're trying to ignore the past of the channel and just focus on them two as a couple and no one else who has ever featured on the channel, which would be okay if ignorance towards anyone who was affected by the past action of the channel wasn't there. Mm. Well, we spoke a bit earlier about that video in particular being a main one which brought a lot of views and people to the channel. Would you say that's your biggest, for the Taylor GC channel, would you say that was your biggest moment on that channel? I would say that still up to this day, it might not be up for much longer depending on what I do with the future of this channel, but it's called uh, Sky Jackson Got Docs. And oh, yeah. uh, I think I think you alluded to this in one of your Twitter messages to me. And for those of you who don't know, Sky Jackson was a woman who was doxing kids information and giving it out to the public about like stupid jokes that these kids were making so then somebody in retaliation went and doxed Sky Jackson which uh, I made a video about because it was breaking news and it, it banged views and a lot of people came over to the channel and that was probably the best moment for the channel because in a two-day period I gained around 500 subscribers and that was when I felt like YouTube was was a good place for me to be and that I was, was entertaining people that was probably the the best moment that I've ever had on the channel, yeah. Uh, um, you alluded to it there. Um, a new project with maybe not the Taylor GC channel, but with you as a person. Can you give us a bit of info towards what that might be? 
Well, I have a couple of new projects that I'm currently working on, but the main one that I've alluded to on Twitter is something that involves me and some people. And you know, that's very early development. We're just designing mm. uh, some stuff for that, making sure that it's all prepared. However, what I can tell you is that this will be a very much... Uh, I'll, I'll very much be taking a creative role in this rather than a starring role. But... Um, it's definitely going to be worthwhile and it would be very different to anything anyone's ever seen me work on before so that that fortunate on as much as i'd like to because there's just not much information to give at yeah. this moment in time however some other projects i'm working on are another podcast that will actually be more than one episode long this time and that will have me and hadley pierce that one so there, there's definitely a lot more uh, project coming from me in the future that aren't just the Taylor GC channel because, um, well, let's just say that didn't end very well. What do you think the future of that channel holds? Are you just going to delete it or what do you think will happen to the Taylor GC channel? I don't think I could ever bring myself to delete the channel. I've worked so hard on it and in all honesty, I think I will move it on to just be about me I don't know if I'll do like vlogs or anything like that on there but mm. I do want it to be more about my life as a person rather than my YouTube persona I'm definitely going to be dropping the Taylor GC name and I might just call it after myself um, and just do more more content based around me as a person and the things I do day to day because you know I think with the right the right ambition and the right ideas that is something I could do very well, but uh, in terms of you know the near future, I'm not sure if I will be doing anything on that for now, because I've I've you know I've made a lot of YouTube content, but I've got, I've kind of burned out from that at the moment, and I'm really enjoying working on these other projects. So, you know, only the future will tell what I eventually decide to do with that channel. Yeah, um, you mentioned the channel not ending greatly. For those people listening that um, perhaps haven't watched your most recent video on Taylor GC. Can you just give us a bit of an insight as to why you've left YouTube on that channel? Well, I've left that channel and as a whole for now because I was, I was sort of the opposite of what YouTube wanted me to be in terms of a creator. YouTube favors creators that are more family friendly and can bring them that decent advertising money and unfortunately, I wasn't that for them, and I was a problem for them, which in turn meant that my videos didn't get pushed out. Half of my subscribers never got any notifications, and no notifications means no viewers, and no viewers means no point effectively, because nobody was watching to make anything, because they were effectively killing my channel just because they could. That, that really did get to me to the point where I didn't really want to continue YouTube at that moment in time. And I've spoken to them since, they've said that that problem's fixed and that I should be able to carry on with my channel. I, I will probably be carrying on at some point because, you know, I really want thousand subscriber mark, which I've been ever so close to for so long as a result of me not enjoying it and YouTube kind of fucking me over mentioned their um, new projects and um, their channel being close to a thousand subscribers. In five years time, 
what do you think you'll be doing with regards to YouTube? Well, in terms of YouTube in five years' time, uh, that kind of relates to where I will be in my life at the time. And I think uh, during that time, I'll probably be in university and and film those experiences and and create some some damn good content about about the world and, and my experiences in it because that is something that I've I've always wanted to do and when I'm eventually 21 in five years and and I have a YouTube channel that's the kind of stuff that I'll probably see myself doing whether it's successful or not only time will tell but that that's where I see myself in five years in regards to YouTube I know you at least toyed with the idea of going to a gaming channel. What sort of channel do you think you'll be doing, whether it's commentary, gaming, vlogging? What do you think's next in that aspect? I think I've definitely had had my share of content that I just make on the computer in my room. It's it's not my thing anymore and it makes me feel so antisocial and just and just you know, down whilst making it. I I want to do other types of videos. I'm not sure what I would call them at this point in time, but at least me going round and seeing the world and and just doing stuff that isn't just me chatting shit in my bedroom mm. would definitely be the the type of route that I'd like to take. Oh, well, um, going back to the commentary channel, you mentioned that probably your biggest moment on YouTube was the Sky Jackson video and that's on over 25,000 views now how did you get involved with that because as you said like 500 subscribers in two days is massive how did you get involved with the Sky Jackson um, doxing drama yeah I got involved with that because I saw it on Twitter uh, you know, a lot of my content does stem from Twitter. I was outside of my house at the time. I think I was just sat by a river with some friends, just talking. And I saw it on Twitter, and I, I was like, shit, that would bang views. So I came home as fast as I could, jumped to my computer, brushed that video out, and that's, that's kind of how I got involved in that. And um, something that comes commonly with commentary channels is that not all of your videos will do they do do well it will be huge for you and that video was huge for me it was the first video that had ever broken a thousand views um, it's definitely done very well very proud of it but when i got involved in it is because i saw the opportunity for views and that's very much what mm. you have to do when you are a commentary channel because views mean everything and the drama is what will bring you views and that's that's effectively why i decided thought it would be a very trending topic at the time, which it did turn out to be. Who would you say, you were talking about how to get big as a commentary YouTuber basically, who would you say is, at this present time, uh, who are some of the biggest commentary channels in the world and how do you personally think they got to be as big? Would it be one viral video or... Um. Well, in terms of commentary, one viral video can definitely, definitely shoot you up to stardom. But I think for the most part, the people that I watch, Most Critical and Optimum, uh, Most Critical especially, is probably the, the daddy of uh, of commentary at the moment. And that's because mm. his dry humour monotone just mean that every single video is fucking gold. 
to the point where you can't watch a single one and it not be good. So I think definitely if you keep it consistent where a video is a new topic, something trending, something relevant, but you still maintain the same tradition and I think that's something that Moist Critical has done very well. Yeah. I think that is going to be all from today's podcast with Taylor. Thank you, Taylor, for coming on to the I'm Talking With podcast and being our first guest. If you have enjoyed, if you're on Spotify, iTunes, any of the streaming services, then make sure to drop it a follow. And if you're on YouTube, why not subscribe and leave a like while you're at it? Taylor's um, social media, Twitter name, should be up on the screen now. It will also be in the description, as well as some highlights videos coming out in the next few days. Anyway, thank you, Taylor, for being on it. Love having you here. Thanks, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'd love to come on any time in the future where you want me. Thanks.